Welcome back to Let It Grow Investing. I am Jeff, and thank you guys very much for stopping by. We're going to talk about uh, some stocks, crypto, uh, basically what's going on in the market, talk about the Fed a little bit, uh, some problems some different companies are having, and uh, just general market news. We're going to get into all of it. But uh, first, I wanted to say that uh, if you were looking to get started uh, with your own portfolios, I have some links in the description to help you get started. Got uh, some different offers from companies like Webull, E-Trade, uh, Crypto.com, and Binance. Uh, so if you're looking to get started on one of those, please uh, go ahead and use my link. And uh, also, if you can take a second and uh, you know just give us a, a five-star rating on, uh, you know, if you're on Google or Apple or Spotify, if you could leave a, a review, that would be greatly appreciated. Also, helps us get into... Uh, other people's uh, algorithms to basically have the show pop up on their feed as well. So I would greatly appreciate that. Um, now, now, you know, last time we were talking about uh, some different opportunities out there and uh, some of the growth stocks had been running up. We talked about that. Uh, we've had a bit of a reversal here. We've had the Fed come out and say, uh, you know, that a 50, 50 basis point move on the uh, the interest rates could be a good thing in order to uh, really pump the brakes on that inflation number that we're seeing. So again, they had talked about this before. Um, you know, we've talked about it on here, but apparently the the rest of the market did not know. Uh, so the market has been reacting negatively to this news, and uh, ultimately we've been selling out of growth again. You know, the Nasdaq is cooling a little bit. We're still pretty strong. But uh, overall, we've seen that uh, that flight to safety again. And, uh, you know, I don't want to get uh, scared over this little head fake. You know, it's going to go up. It's going to go down. Uh, like I said last time, I really wasn't looking to buy so heavily. I was waiting for those prices to come down to me. That's what they're doing today. And uh, ultimately, we're ready for it. So we keep the cash ready for these uh, these downturns. And uh, we don't chase when there's a, a bunch of fear in the market because we know it's going to come back down at some point. If you're comfortable dollar cost averaging in every week, uh, regardless of what the price is, you just are bullish on uh, this sector, this group, the market in general, um, you know, feel free to do that. That's a great way to uh, really get your portfolios rolling, get that snowball effect going and uh, get to that level of financial freedom that we're all looking to get to. Um, so. Again, for me, I'm still eyeing uh, Google. I've got some other ones that I'm really looking at. Uh, ABML was one of the ones we had talked about last time. It had run up to about $1.70. It has uh, cooled off substantially now. And uh, it's down to that price point where I think it could start being more attractive. We got down to that dollar, uh, about $1.17 today on Thursday. Uh, I know this will come out Monday. I've, I'm fighting a bunch of weather issues outside with rain, so it's a little bit hard for me to get out and work. Uh, I know I'm going to be swamped the next couple of days, so I've got to get in here and record a little bit early. But uh, that being said, ABML is one that I'm still looking to add to. I think I put a limit order on it on a at a dollar thirteen, and uh, you know if it hits that, great. If not, um, you know let it let it float around in the middle. If it comes back down to me. I'll be buying. Uh, Google, same thing. I'm in the 2600s. If it gets down to that level, I will be buying. And, uh, you know, there's a couple other ones that I have been watching. And, you know, just uh, just made a little short list here. I've got uh, um, 
five names that really came across that I really think are going to, you know, do well. Uh, one was Qualcomm. We had already talked about that one. I think I beat that one to death. So we'll we'll just say, you know, Qualcomm made the cut. Uh, another one in the space is going to be LAM Research, LRCX. Uh, that one has been trading lower. And uh, it's similar in the chip space where a lot of people are thinking that uh, personal computers and handset sales, mobile devices, wearable technology has, you know, kind of reached its peak. It's going to plateau. Uh, it's going to trend lower. And, uh, you know, I don't really know that that's, uh, that's the case. We, we might have gotten to that uh, number where not everyone needs a computer this year. They bought it last year, you know, two years ago at this point when they're setting up a home office. But, um, you know, there's still, you know, my cell phone, for instance, you know, I've got a Google Pixel. It's been great. Uh, now that it knows that it's been two years since I've had a, a you know, a new phone, it's uh, wanting to not connect to my SIM card for some reason. I really don't know the reason as to why. But uh, I'm just saying there's going to be people that are going to need phones because things break. And uh, ultimately, I still think there's a, an appetite for the chip space in, in cars and automotive, self-driving. That's all still there. The, uh, the backlog and all the autos are, are you know miles long at this point. Factory shutting down. We covered that last time. But LAM research is trading down to about a 15 uh, PE. And when you're in that chip space, yes, it's boom or bust. It can be very cyclical. Um, things could be slowing down. I still think it's a great company. It doesn't really give too much of a dividend, but it's a, a dollar or a buck 50 a quarter, which is 1.2%. Uh, EPS on this guy is $32 a share. So it is a just a cash generating powerhouse. And uh, ultimately one that I think could run higher uh, when everything is is you know back online and things are rolling up nicely. The uh, the analysts agree with me, and for some reason, oh there it goes. Analysts do agree with me. Right now we are at four ninety three, four hundred ninety three dollars on that stock price, and the average price target is seven hundred and thirty nine. That gives you forty nine point nine percent of upside. And uh, that PE is trading lower where it than it uh, normally trades at. So there is some risk, right? There's some risk, but I think the re reward outweighs that risk greatly. Um, and this has been one that I have been in for quite some time. And it's sometimes hard to average up. You know, we've talked about that before. I don't really want to buy when it's it's doubled. But uh, Lamb Research is, if it's not my top grower, it's it's remarkably close. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna check now. Blackstone is uh, better for me on the the total gain, but Lamb Research is number two. So my cost basis on Lamb is two hundred and ten dollars, uh, and like I said, right now four ninety three, and we're still looking at another fifty percent of upside, um, and just for. Just for giggles, I uh, I started buying this one um, the day after Christmas on uh, in 2018. So I've had this one. Oh no, actually I had it before that. I had some in, back in September of uh, 2018. So I've had it a while, about four years, but I'm up 134 uh, percent in you know four years. So I will certainly take that. I don't think that the gains are going to stop. I think they're still making uh, great moves. I've been following it a long time. The PE is is certainly cheap where I'm uh, used to seeing it. And uh, it's one that I think has some room to go higher. So that's, uh, that's number two, Qualcomm being number one.
Um, then I'm looking at Home Depot. That's uh, that's number three right now. And uh, Home Depot has kind of gotten kicked to the curb by a lot of different investors right now. If you look at the uh, the one year chart, we got up to about four hundred and twenty dollars. We're currently at two ninety three. And it was just December when it was 420. So we've we've cut off about $123 worth of uh, share price in you know four months. So that is a, a drastic move. The uh, RSI, the Relative Strength Index, shows that when we got to that $420 price point, we were overbought. Okay, that means it got too high. The market noticed it. The uh, that PE was getting pulled up. But now that we are down sub 300, we are getting really close to oversold, meaning it could have a decent pop or rally back to that average point, that 50 on that scale of zero to 100. Um, so the the PE is now at a 19. Uh, it could have a little bit more compression there. I think it could come down, but uh, it has been trading a lot higher. Now, why has it come down? We had uh, a lot of people saying that the housing starts were slower. We're not building as many houses, uh, although there is still a shortage of houses and supply out there versus the amount of people that wanted to uh, build. Granted, the uh, the interest rates are going up, which is going to amount for uh, less house value. You know, when the interest rate goes up, people are paying more in interest rather than the purchase price of the house. So the uh, the price has got to come down as the uh, demand is going to be limited. So yes, that's still the case. But when people are going to stay in their homes, uh, we've still got an appetite for appliances. We've still got an appetite for people redoing floors and different outdoor projects. You know, springtime for Home Depot and Lowe's is almost as good if not better than the christmas season because the outdoor uh, business is booming it brings a lot of people in uh if they're just buying some flowers they go inside they're buying rakes shovels picks you know the whole nine uh so there's still a lot of different ways that people are using home depot um i think that it's still a, a booming company and uh if you're in it for the long term i think it's one that could really serve you well plus you get a two and a half percent dividend um and you know there's the upside on this where where are we on that uh 27 so even on the low side it's uh the low price target is 314 which is still five and a half percent of upside the high price target is 455 which is 52 percent. and like i said that average uh price point is 378 so you got a lot of room and uh i don't really think that the consumer is week right now. We're still spending. We're still uh, you know, getting more jobs. The the jobless claims were came in lower than expected. It's been the lowest it's been in years. And uh, ultimately, I think that uh the US consumer is still strong and that the recession fears really haven't hit. They're still buying, they're still spending. And I think people still want to ultimately do these projects that they've had uh on the back burner. For the past couple of years, if they couldn't get material or they didn't want to buy two by fours at five times what they were, now you're going to see some people still looking to do these projects as uh, as things come available. So that is number that was number three. Uh, Facebook going to be number four. So Facebook, you know, they got hit with a lot of the problems of uh, 
the search on uh, on phones. They were kind of bumped out with Apple and things like that. They had uh, a lot of different problems going on with advertising. And that was their bread and butter is how they make their money is through advertising. Now, the advertising is going to be coming back. I think that uh, most people have realized that even if they can't target the ads as specifically as they were before, Facebook is going to be the number one place to get your ads out there. You got Facebook, Google, uh, and like I said, I'm still very bullish on Google. I want to build that position as well. But um, ultimately, um, for right now, I'm looking at uh, at Facebook for this play. I, I think that uh, that RSI on Facebook has gotten pulled down too much. We had quite the sell-off on a lot of that news with Apple. And now I think we are posed for a rebound. Um, that PE also low at a 16 times. And just, just out of comparison, if we look at a company that normally trades lower, I'm going to look at Pepsi just out of comparison. Pepsi is trading at a 30 times earnings. I don't think that they should be. That is too high for Pepsi. So I'm not looking at these consumer staples uh, and uh, the upside for Pepsi is 3%. So I'm looking at the plays that have really been beaten down to take advantage of them when they're at weak uh, to let these uh, these stock prices run up higher. So when we're back looking at uh, Facebook, this uh, this upside here, and there's a lot of, lot of price targets on it that have come in recently. And this whole sheet is buys. So we've got uh, the low price target on this. Well, one is at 220. I don't, I don't see that on this first page that I'm looking at. But the high is $466. The average is $325. So average speaking, you've got 47% of upside on Facebook. Uh, now, do I think it can get there? Yes, I do. Um, they do have some hurdles to overcome. We got to get this figured out with uh, the advertising and make sure that people are still there. Honestly, I think that uh, the companies are still going to be pushing ads, either localized or national. Uh, I still think that people are going to be there. You know, in the landscape space that I'm in, I'm seeing ads every day for another landscape company in the area. Um, so, you know, you're still targeting that group. And, uh, you know, you can still put the age range in there when you're on Facebook ads. Uh, you know, so Nike and other clothing companies, they're still going to be national ads. They're still going to be there. And it's still one of the best places to put your uh, your ad revenue or ad budget into play. So for all those reasons, I still think that Facebook could have a substantial upside. They're still working on a, a cryptocurrency. They're trying to come out with the Zuckbucks as they've called it. And they're looking to uh, do something with having a, a token on the platform, similar to Roblox. If you've got kids and they're into uh, playing the games on Roblox, uh, they've got the Robux, right? You use that token on the uh, platform to buy your avatar, you know, their whatever they need or build a map or whatever. Uh, I, I haven't put any money onto the Roblox platform, but I know it's out there. So you put in your money, you get X amount of tokens to use in the game, and uh, it's going to be similar on Facebook. Uh, so that's kind of where they're looking to go. I don't know that it's going to be a full cryptocurrency platform, but uh, I do think that there's going to be a, uh, a way that you're going to be able to monetize the Facebook platform a little bit more. You're going to probably be able to use these tokens for games or um, you know different, probably even advertising things like that. So 
another way for them to make money on top of their uh, their advertising budget that is already you know one of the best in the world. And then this final one. This one is one that has been has been beat down recently, and maybe you've heard about some of their problems. Maybe you haven't, but um, this is one that I think is going to rebound well. And, uh, you know, the analysts agree with me, but that's that's not the point. So this one is Starbucks, S-B-U-X. So we've had some problems with Starbucks. We've had, uh, you know, that Buffalo store wanted to unionize and ultimately they are forming a union. Uh, that was problem number one. We had CEO problems. That was problem number two. We have China problems. Uh, number three, we had lockdowns over there. We had, you know, that's one of their big growth drivers is uh, the stores in China. They had been doing really well pre-pandemic. And, you know, now with lockdowns and problems and this, that, the other, they aren't doing as hot. That's a kind of a, you know, the the third issue that they are fighting right now. So uh, another concern just this week was that uh, Charles Schultz, the CEO, the interim CEO, is now back for his third stint as the CEO of Starbucks. He's been a great leader for them. Um, and obviously, he is ready to come back to help out when needed. They're looking to hire another CEO by the fall. Okay, so he went ahead and paused the buyback program. He paused the $20 billion buyback, which, you know, when the uh, previous CEO had announced it, it wasn't all that long ago that they were looking to do this. They had bought some stock back. And in fact, they bought about $10 billion worth of stock back over the past four years that I saw. Now, this one was kind of a like, oh man, red flag. Like, what's going on? Why can't we do this? What's, what's the hold up? Do we not have the cash? Now, they have the cash. They have other problems as well. They wanted to, uh, truthfully, I think Charles Schultz is positioning himself for uh, talks with unions. That's kind of my thought on this because, you know, he's got, uh, he's got this money, but if you can, you know, if in a negotiation, someone's going to say, well, if you can buy back $20 billion worth of stock for your company, certainly you could pay your employees $2 more an hour. You know, certainly you could do that. Right. So now when he says, you know, we pause that, uh, you know, that was a previous administration. They they got it wrong. I'm doing this. I'm spending more on the stores. I'm trying to streamline some stuff. I want to be in the position to give these employees, uh, you know, marginally more an hour and have that minimum raised and, you know, continue on with the, the college plans, this, that, the other. I want to look like the good guy. And uh, I'm not saying they're not going to buy any stock back. Uh, I really don't know what their plans are there. They they might have that on hold for right now. They might reinstate it. I'm not sure. But uh, I do think that it's a positioning thing where he wants to look like the good guy and also do what's best for the company at the end of the day. Uh, I do think that the unions can help. Okay. There's, you know, there's probably a lot of turnover at a, uh, at a coffee shop similar to fast food or retail. But uh, now, if you do have uh, a union in place and they can pay a little bit more, uh, I do think that people might stay a little bit longer, uh, which would help. You know, you got people that know the, the products, you know, the stores, you know, your customers. 
And uh, ultimately, they can, you know, streamline the business and be a little bit more productive and hopefully profitable. Uh, so that could be a, uh, a beneficial thing. I know that there's going to be problems with unions, you know, strikes, this, that, the other, wanting more money. And uh, it could be a, a cause for concern, but I'm trying to look at the good in it. Uh, I was at a, a Target store the other day and, you know, we happen to hop in line at Starbucks. I've got a gift card. I normally don't go to Starbucks. I'm more, more Dunkin', but, you know, sidebar. And I was there. The girl that was taking the orders did not know how to write the order to the people making the drink. So the line was long, not because, I mean, there was, there was obviously people there, but uh, the line was longer because they didn't have a streamlined process from A to B. Even when I got up in line and I'd been waiting there like 10 minutes for a drink to be made, the the person that was making the drink had to call my name and say, hey, what did you order? And, uh, you know, she couldn't read the writing of what the, the cashier wrote on the cup. So hopefully if we can get that streamlined uh, now, I don't think that's normally a Starbucks problem. I think that might be a case of uh, being a smaller store inside of a Target, not a, uh, a regular store might have had something to do with that. But uh, if we can get people that have been there and uh, obviously uh, overcome some of these other hurdles, China to open back up, the, you know, come up with a CEO that's got a path forward, that's going to be there full time. I certainly think that this one has been beaten down too much. When we are looking at a one year, we see a high of 126. Okay, now currently we are at 81. We had traded down to 78.92. In the middle of March, we currently have on the analyst side of things, I said they agree with me, uh, on the low side, which was the as recent as the 5th, two days ago as I'm recording this, was a $91 uh, price target. That is the lowest estimate on this, uh, on this list of 23 different analysts. So uh, the high side is 135. The average is 112.95 for a 38.1 or 38.31% of upside. I do think that we could get back up here. That's not even getting back to where we were. And truth be told, their earnings had come down a bit this past quarter. They missed by eight cents. But uh, I do see some path to getting back up higher. You know, Q3, Q4 are normally their bigger quarters. And once we pass this uh, this estimate of uh, point or sixty one cents in Q two, we go back up to ninety nine cents for Q three and a dollar for Q four. Uh, I think when we get close to those targets, we're really going to see a reversal into the fall and winter with uh, some of their different business that they do then. And there's more of an appetite for hot drinks, and I think overall more people tend to visit in those times. So those are ones that I'm really looking to add to. Um, let me know your thoughts, you know, I mean, if you got one on that list that you really like, um, you know, feel free to let me know, or if there's one that, uh, I might've missed, or we just haven't talked about, you know, feel free to share that as well over on, uh, either on the let it grow investing page on Facebook, or you can leave a, a comment on uh, Spotify or anchor. And I should see that also. So let me know, but uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to be right back after this short break. All right, guys, we are back here. So, um, you know, real quick, I just wanted to remind everyone, someone had, uh, referred to me as the, uh, the finance guy. Um, 
I mean, I like this stuff. I like it a lot. You know, I'm, I'm definitely uh, in tune with a lot that's going on. But when I started this, I was purely doing this as a, a project to try to get other people interested and uh, take in control of their financial future. So, you know, the, my, my first job is landscape. I, I do a lot of landscape work and uh, that is my first thing. I would probably say I'm more of an expert in that field than than finance. But, uh, you know, I really think that a lot of people just need a push in that right direction. And I will say that a lot of people who are experts, I've, I've seen them be wrong time and time again. And uh, they often need to lean on others to either figure out a problem, whether it's, uh, you know, someone building something or a, uh, a medical professional, a lawyer, they, they consult with others. So let's let's think of this as that. I want uh, other people to, you know, question what I'm doing. Uh, I want to share my experiences and obviously what what I'm doing and how it's working out. But uh, overall, I just want to see everyone succeed at what they're doing. So uh, if you got questions, feel free to let me know. If this podcast is bringing you value, uh, please go ahead and share it with someone else. And, uh, you know, if you really want to give me a high five, you can go ahead and uh, contribute over at anchor.fm slash let it grow for as little as 99 cents a month. And uh, I'd greatly appreciate that. But uh, friendly reminder, I, uh, I'm just a guy on the Internet that's trying to share my journey as to where I'm going on my financial future. And uh, hopefully I'll get there, you know, right when I need to. I've, I've got uh, hopefully 10 years before I can really stop doing what I'm doing, take a back seat and do something. Uh, let, let my money work for me in that meantime and really put a lot of those pieces together uh, to where I don't have to work until I'm 65. That's really my goal. Um, you know, I'll always do something. I got to keep busy. It's just the kind of person I am. But uh, I really want to get to that point where my money is working hard enough for me that uh, I don't have to work so hard for it. No, so that's uh, that's what I got. Just uh, just that friendly reminder. But um, you know, we were we're looking at this uh, this interest rate hike. You know, another fifty basis points, and possibly another six uh, increases over the next couple years here. And I was really thinking, you know, what. Uh, well, what what can companies do? Okay, that let's leave it that way. We've got uh, companies can either do one of two things with a rising cost. Okay, they can either pass these prices down to their clients, or they can control their own costs and supplies by making their own things, or you know doing doing something different to where their costs aren't going up. Whether they're they're cutting costs in the way of advertising or employees or whatever they're doing, they've they've got options there. Some companies can't do either. Uh, you know, they, they really can't pass those costs down because their clients really don't either want to pay for it or they got other options. Or, you know, they really aren't able to make their own materials or do something like that. So what would be the perfect situation? Okay. I'm really thinking of companies that can really pass these costs down. And, and you might be thinking of, oh, yeah, Apple has pricing power. Um, you know, they, they can raise the price of a phone hundred dollars and no one, no one blinks, you know, they just keep buying them. Um, that is an option. That's where my brain first went when I thought about this. Um, you know, those companies that really can charge you more. And like I've said before, Amazon, if they bump the cost up monthly, uh, you know, or uh, yearly $10, no one's going to cancel their prime membership, which is another, another company that I think 
uh, we'll, we'll do good through this environment. But, but one that had kind of slipped that I really hadn't thought that uh, has been beaten down a little bit. Well, there, there's two of them. Actually, there's more than that, but there's two that I'm looking at. Uh, and these are going to be companies that operate like a toll booth. Um, basically, people are coming through there. They're spending the money and they're back on the road. Uh, now, they have nothing to do with toll booths, but that's kind of the, the analogy I'm making. We've got Visa and we've got MasterCard, okay? They don't really make anything, but uh, the, the, pa- the, the, the cost is going to be passed down to their clients. So if uh, they're going to buy something, say at Home Depot, and it's 10% more than what it was last year, uh, Visa is going to take an extra, uh, you know, that extra 10% that's automatically going to be built into that. I don't even know what Home Depot would charge or what Visa would charge Home Depot. Uh, say it's one and a half percent for card fees. You know, now they're getting that one percent uh, boost or that 10 percent boost on that one and a half percent charge that Visa or MasterCard would charge uh, to the as a card processor. So they don't uh, they they can control their costs. Their their labor is fairly fixed. They have, uh, you know, pretty, you know, experienced professional level people when you get into the the Visa and the MasterCard ecosystem. So those costs are fairly fixed. They don't have to go out and hire a bunch more workers all the time, like uh, like retailers, someone who has a lot of different turnover. So those costs are pretty fixed. They've got this uh, uh, whole system that's been in place for years, and ultimately, they just keep generating money. You know, they're, uh, I want to say that their gross margins were something like 57%. That might have been for American Express. But uh, when you look at their margins, they are remarkably high. They are making money left and right when everyone swipes. Now, I do think that more people are going to get back to travel. More people are going to get back to doing the things that they might not have been doing. When you're swiping at a gas station and those costs have gone up 40%, you know, Visa is taking, you know, extra percentage or extra money off of every transaction because it's more money. And I haven't seen so many people going to cash. Um, you know, one person pointed out that someone was doing cash discounts locally. But, uh, you know, there's more people in national companies that are going cashless because they don't want to touch other people's money. And, uh, you know, they want, uh, you know, less interaction. So I still think that there's a massive appetite for these companies. The the money that is getting spent is more. They uh, they can pass their prices down uh, to the the consumer or their client, and uh, they are controlling their costs. So they're they're generating more money than you know we can even comprehend. And uh, you know I think it just might be a good spot to be. And uh, when I'm looking at it, I, I had to kind of go through both of them. You know, both of them are. Great companies. A lot of people are are you know split. Whether you know do you buy Visa, do you buy buy Mastercard? Right now, um, I mean, I've got Visa in my brokerage account. Uh, I will say they are very uh, close on the numbers. the The PE on Visa is a forty one. The PE on Mastercard is a forty point three. Upside on Visa is a twenty seven percent. Upside on MasterCard is a 24.6%. Um, me, I'd, I'd probably add a Visa, one, because I have it, but uh, two, because I I really don't want to start another position in MasterCard with uh, 
with my money, I'd rather build it into one uh, one credit card play. That's kind of where I'm at. If you wanted to buy both, I'm sure you can. That's not a not a terrible idea. But um, yeah, what do you think? I mean, I, I think that uh, they're they're both great plays. You've got some upside. You've got some protection on uh, the fact that people are still going to be using these credit cards left and right online and even in person. Like I said, there's there's a lot of people that aren't accepting cash. I've seen that when I go different spots. And uh, I think they're just a good spot to be through a recession. And, uh, you know, people are still going to have to buy stuff. And the the fact that a lot of people want their points and want their cash back, uh, they're, they're kind of built into this ecosystem. And plus, if, if things really do get bad, uh, I think a lot of people are going to go back to credit. You know, they're going to have to charge things if uh, if they don't have the money for it. And, you know, that's uh, ultimately all those fees and interest and late payments are going to be other drivers of growth for these two companies. So that's that's my thoughts on those. I think toll booth type companies that uh, they're just taking a cut every time someone swipes a card. I, I think that's a, a great spot to be. Labor is uh, in in control. I mean, I'm sure the, the costs on labor for them are going up as well. But overall, they don't have to buy a bunch of raw materials every time uh, to build another project or make another um, gadget or things like that. So um, we're going to get into, well, one, we'll, we'll do week 15. So we're going to be buying Costco. Yes, I'm, I'm closing this a little bit early. But uh, it's pretty much a runaway at this point. We're going to be buying Costco stock on Monday, and uh, I want to make make sure everyone knows there's five choices on these uh, on these polls because it looks like there's only two or three that really get voted on, and it looks like on Facebook that uh, when you open the poll there's only three, but if you click see more there's there's always five. So I just want to make sure everyone knows that. But we'll be buying Costco two hundred dollars on that Webull portfolio on Monday. And uh, now we've got uh, we've got a you know mixed bag here I'll I'll call it for week sixteen. Um, pretty much it's a, a lot of the stocks that we just talked about, so they don't really need too much more introduction. We've got uh, Starbucks SBUX, we've got HD Home Depot, we got V for Visa, uh, LRCX is Lamb Research, and uh, FB is going to be Facebook or the Meta platform. So those are going to be the five for this week. And uh, yeah, go ahead over to the uh, Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook. Get your votes in. Uh, I will be posting up the the results of the Webull portfolio so you guys can uh, see how we're doing. Uh, we're going to be in the red right now, but that's okay. We're really waiting for the second half of this year. Uh, hopefully, we got some other things kind of loosening up. Russia, Ukraine needs to get solved. We got, you know, the the problems of lockdowns in China, still some supply chain issues, uh, which is hurting some chips as well and uh, manufacturing. But uh, I do think that some of these could could really do well second half of the year. So that's what I got for you guys today. Let's uh, let's get out there, get invested and let it grow. And I will catch you guys in the next one. Take care. Thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.